0: Hi, everyone. This is Dr. W, the host of the podcast, Grief Glasses. For this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing my brother, Enrique Washington. So, Enrique, I greatly appreciate you making some time to talk with me about a very important topic, uh, one that I know that can often be emotional, but certainly I, I hope that you can share your story of pain and grief and talk a little bit about the lessons and the blessings along your journey. So let's get started and let's talk. Um, if you could share with me one thing that comes to mind when you hear the, the word grief and pain what what comes to mind and and who will your story uh, discuss to this evening?
1: Yeah, I think what comes to mind uh, for me uh, is reflection and reflection of the learnings, the uh, opportunities, and and really the special special moments, and you know, I'll uh, want to speak about uh, our mother and our father, uh, who were just amazing uh, on so many levels in raising us, and also uh, preparing us to um, to move out into the world of work. Uh, in the world of living, and so that's what comes to mind, and that's you know who I want to what what, what want to share my story about.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, let's dig in a little deeper. Um, so, if you can take me through your process of finding out about mom and dad in terms of their illness, and that process of going through that journey, and uh, talk a little bit about. Once things came full circle, what did it look like for you dealing with that individually and, and uh, collectively as as a family? Uh, if you'd share a little bit about your experience there.
1: Yeah, I'll start first with Dad because with with Dad it was you know really unexpected, and he had been in the hospital several times before. Um, but little that I know, and little that, that that little that we knew that this was going to be different. And I, I remember coming home to Arkansas, seeing him in the hospital, talking with him, leaving, thinking things were better, and all to find out that I would get a phone call uh, 24 hours later that I needed to come back, that his health had declined, and that was that was the beginning of me processing, like, I'm, I'm, I think I may lose my father. Like, what does that mean? And with mom, it was different. Uh, also because, you know, her diagnosis with cancer, we, we always had hope she had hope, but it wasn't until I was sitting in a room with her and the doctor in, in Oregon. And he just said, um, you know, you're not, you're not going to live very long. And it was the first time that I had heard a doctor say that, you know, given the journey that we'd been through going to Houston, uh, to the Mayo clinics, no one had come out and said that to us and nor had we talked about it amongst ourselves. And so that was the start of that process of going through the fact that, okay, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, what does that mean? And how do I prepare? And it was there. I started to, to really prepare for grief and reflecting on losing dad and what that meant and how we handled that collectively as a family and bringing it back full circle, you know, once, you know, both mom and dad had passed, like it was, it was a surreal moment for me. And I remember being in Arkansas thinking to myself, like, I will never be able to call them again and just say hi. And that little thing of just calling and saying hi was gone. And that's when it really hit me. Because even with the kids, Leo and Jill, their grandkids, my kids, when mom was living, we called every morning. And that's how they really got to know her through those phone calls. And that was a very special time. And so it went away, and uh, I was sad that I would no longer be able to just call and say hi, or to get a call from mom or dad asking how things were going, saying to me, we haven't heard from you in a little while. I want to make sure you're okay. And I realized that it's going to have to be really a collective effort of staying in touch with my siblings and supporting each other. And and starting that journey of grief. And that's where sort of all started to um, evolve for me.
0: So uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think you pointed out some special memories and moments that you had um, with both mom and dad. Can you talk a little bit about how those memories helped you with your healing process and what your healing process looked like? And if you're still in that process, uh, what are you doing now for for your your healing and and and, and comforting of your soul and in your family?
1: Yeah, look, you know, for your audience listening, I I will I will tell you, like everybody goes through a different grief process, and I recognize that it was going to be um, different for me probably, Uh, but also um, there were going to be moments where I just felt sad and I felt like crying. And I had those moments um, often. And, you know, for me, it was, it was reflecting on the things that, that that were taught, things that were shared. And, you know, I remember mom giving us a um, a devotional book that was dedicated in, in dad's honor. And I would, often read that. I would also go back and read um, notes that mom had, had written me. And then I started to realize like, I want to, because they were very grateful for, for, for a lot of things. And they talked about being grateful. Then I started to remember that. And I started to write down all the things I was grateful for. And I remember dad, as I was reflecting, telling me like, son, live a good life you know, it's going to go really fast. And I would think about like, what does that mean? That means probably being grateful. That means probably, you know, calling siblings a lot. It means telling people you love them. Um, And that helped me kind of move through this process of realizing all the rich (laughs) learnings and information that was provided to us. And then it started to set in that, It is now my turn to pass that to my kids and to continue their legacy. And the kids today, Leo and Jill, we still talk about um, mom and dad. And we will talk about what they miss the most about her, what they enjoyed about her, and Jill, who never met dad, still knows, calls him Papa Hemp, which is really special. And that's probably the hardest one for me because he never met her, and I think they would have had a very special relationship. So I've, I've kept that as part of my grieving process by just talking about them and things that they taught us and, and, and reminding Leo and Jill just of little things of you know, saying thank you, uh, telling someone you love them, listening to your parents and why why that's so important and how uh, Papa Hemp and Mama Jan taught that to us, doing chores, how Mama Jan and Papa Hemp taught that to us and what that meant for us developing just some core basic things on how to have responsibility and that the difference it made for me later in life. So at the risk of getting too long-winded, you know, that grief process was reflection for me. It was talking to my kids about them. It was me being reminded through reading things that they had shared with me and us, and then just starting to write things down to start a process of doing some journaling to remember and just made such a huge, huge difference.
0: So you lead me to my next question beautifully um, and that's talking a little bit about perspective and and how perhaps your perspective has changed on life and that's really the the focal point of this 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 podcast grief glasses in looking at how does grief and pain shift one's perspective to really not get so bogged down into the pain and the grief but to really process it and find those lessons and the blessings. So what about your perspective has shifted and that you've you've noticed or even began to notice that things that are different in terms of how you perceive people, the world, and and even yourself?
1: Yeah, I I think that one of the things that's really shifted for me um, that I I even recognize in mom and dad, um, and especially mom, just the strength to endure um, challenging times, and as I went through that grieving process, I reckon I, I just started to remind myself, like this is this is the cycle of life, and everybody goes through it, and there will be times where I will grieve again, and how I think about that, how I recognize where I need to. You know, lean in for strength. Lean in through my connection with God and be prayerful. Um, I, I just, you know, it's it's just changed my perspective on reflection and and what's important. You know, what's what's really important, and I think about legacy. You know, now I have a, a legacy for, like, I want to leave to my kids like that's changed the way I never thought about that. I never I never took time out to think about what legacy do I want to leave with my kids? What legacy do I want to leave with my friends? How can I, through my grief process, help somebody else? What's one or two things I can share? How do I listen better? How do I just listen when someone is in pain? And how do I take pain and realize that you know, you know, the sadness never goes away, but you develop strength and how to deal with the sadness. And I think about like if something else happens, like how am I going to go through that process again? And what were the learnings uh, that I learned from losing my parents? And I realized that reflection, I, and I talk a lot about reflection because that really is about self-awareness. And I know when I'm not strong at something. I know when I need to spend more time in prayer. I know when I need to spend more time in meditation. I know when I need to spend more time in getting myself better, better at listening, better at enduring, and not waiting for something. And that's, that's really helped, helped me get position in everything that I'm doing today and all the unforeseen things that come up at work, come up with families, come up with friends. And I um, I tend to look at things with a different lens and give people grace, give situations grace, recognize that people have good intentions, recognize that my perspective isn't the only perspective, and recognize the value of listening and reflection. Those Those two things have been a... Serve me in a in a in a different way than they had before.
0: That's that's powerful. The reflection piece. I, I think you can often glean a lot if you you step back a, a moment uh, and and take a look at your situation or your or your circumstances. It allows you to um, reframe things sometimes in a better perspective, and and that's the piece that's about right. the lessons and the blessings. And even though you you do those things, uh, you talked a little bit about this, that at times you, you know that you're going to have your moments. You're going to have your challenges. Can you talk about some roadblocks or some barriers or a time or two you may have felt like you were at an impasse and, and just didn't know how to move forward from that moment of, of being at a roadblock or facing a barrier as a result of losing mom or dad?
1: Yeah, um, you, you know there was, um, and if I think to the audience listening, when you lose someone you love so close to you, um, it is painful, and that pain is is longer for some people than others, and um, you know as I referenced earlier in our conversation, like realizing I just couldn't pick up the phone and call, and when that started to sink in, like, I just felt like, Oh man, this is just really hard for me. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't call my mom. Like, and that's, that was something that was, or dad, like how little that seemed at the time, but now how big it is and not knowing how I was going to push through that. Like I didn't, I'm like, I'm going to feel this way forever. But at this moment, like, I just felt, it felt sad. I mean, I just remember one day just needing to get up from my desk and just like go for a walk and realizing that I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to take this feeling I feel right now of sadness away, like that pain, like, how am I going to take that away so I can feel better? And I recognized that, number one, it was okay to feel that way. And it was healthy for me to recognize how I was feeling and to have the presence of mind just to get up and even go for a walk in that moment and just think about it. I also remember even calling a friend just to say, man, I'm, I'm just feeling really sad today. Like, I can't, I can't even call my mom. Like, and, you know, it all, and, and, and I will say this feeling was triggered was triggered when the kids that morning came to me and said, "I want to call Mama Jen. and I just remember, like, I, I you know, what? What do I say to that? Like, I didn't have an answer, and I remember leaving for, you know, telling them, like, you know, what we can, we're, we're going to give her a call in heaven, and or you better, How about you write her a letter? And I just remember going to work that day, and I get, I kept thinking about it, and that was that was a painful time. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but it was helpful to acknowledge it. It was helpful to talk to a friend. I remember talking to my pastor. Um, and thing is they asked me again, they, I think they probably asked me probably five or six times. Can we call? And they knew she was in heaven. They were at the funeral. They knew what that meant. We talked about it. Um, but they still wanted to call, <laughs> you know, it's like telling a kid like that doesn't exist anymore, but they still don't really conceptualize what that means. And, you know, working through the um, process of um, a walk and just talking about it really helped me. And I, I, I moved through it. Um, but there were just moments, actually, I've just called the house, hoping somebody, you know, they, they would pick up. And I know that I'm going to pick up, but it was refreshing just to call the number. And I'm not sure if you or any of our other siblings have done that, but I've done that several times. I've just called the house just to call the number.
0: What I can say I've done is I have picked up to call when a certain situation may have come up because it was out of habit.
1: And Mm. I realized
0: that, no, that call is no longer available for me. Yeah. So I can understand yeah. the comfort there of, you know, knowing that whenever I dial this number, I had someone on the other end that knew what to say to me and knew how to make it right, or at least listen to me and support me. And and I think what I hear you say is a lot of what you saw mom and dad model has helped you not only with ch- talking to your children about losing them, but also help with your healing process and allowed you to really spend more time reflecting so you can better position yourself to think about the the blessings and the lessons that have come out of this because it's so painful. uh, And and you have trigger moments. I I, I understand that. Um, So I'm wondering, uh, you know, as as the only boy of, of mom and dad's union, did you feel different uh, in terms of what your layer of support needed to be for your sisters? Did you feel some type of obligation um, about what is it that, what's your role now? Because you're, you're, you're the, you're the only boy to that union and you have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if I felt so much of an obligation. Um, I did feel like there was, um, it was very important that the relationship with my siblings uh, remain intact. Um, That was, that that I, that I recognized, um, which, you know, has been very, I think very natural um, for us because I think mom made it very clear when she was going to pass that, you know, there there was not going to be this disagreement of who got what and and how much of what uh, that was already predetermined and agreed on. And um, I'm glad, glad she did that. I, I think we would have worked it out anyway, but I just felt it was important to maintain the uh, connection and to not like leave the service we had for her, go back to my life and. And have it be business as usual. I knew I had to come back and make sure that we stay connected from my perspective. I did my that I did my part to make sure that we were staying connected. My part to check in on each other uh, because we were all at different levels of grief. You know, I felt like our oldest sister who stayed home with mom and dad um, while we all left to have careers and do other things. You know, had a different a different, a different journey. And so um, it impacted us all very hard, but it impacted her in a very different way. And so staying close to her and recognizing that um, I had something to come back to as a a little bit of a distraction, but she didn't have that. And so Mm -hmm. I recognize that, you know, I can't be selfish in what I have. I have to, you know, now lean in and make more calls, and check in more, and listen. Um, and that was very helpful for me uh, as, as well, because, like, I just remember leaving Arkansas and coming back to Oregon, to Portland, and realizing, okay, I'm coming back to something that I had taken decades to establish, and my sister is going to be leaving something that she has had her entire life. After mom and dad passed, and like that's a that's a that's a very difficult thing. So I felt more that it was important that I played my role in staying connected.
0: Yeah, and I I give you a lot of credit for that. You you did that, and you you continue to do that. And I know that it's been helpful for me. Uh, so I I greatly appreciate your perspective on that. Um, I want to ask you um, if you were to take a step in my shoes. What would you have asked yourself that I did not ask you in this interview?
1: I would have taken a step in my shoes. Okay. Um.
0: What's a question you think I I needed to ask or that you think um, would be important to add to your story?
1: Yeah, I, I talked um, we, we didn't we did talk about the the journaling piece and like things I've like written down um, that would be helpful because that that process is really helpful for me. Uh, I don't do it daily, um, but I I did spend a, a good amount of time and I still add to it on occasion um you know what what my childhood was like in growing up and moving through through that stages of you know a kid to a young adult to to an adult and you know and how beneficial that was to my grief process is a question that you didn't ask me and I will tell you um it's been amazing um to go back through that and to realize um the learnings I had from that. And now how I can someday hand that to Leo and Jill because it's now moved me to, okay, out of the, you know, 40 some pages I've written, like what's five things that Leo and Jill can take with them to, you know, have a, have a better life. And I will tell you the single most biggest thing that, that really moves me was when mom, told me she was glad she didn't give up on me because i wasn't i wasn't i didn't make it easy for them uh probably like some most kids with parents were kids um but i was somewhat defiant and i had come back from my year reunion and remember uh my class had nominated me the most successful i i didn't think anything of it i i was working at nike at the time and they probably thought that was a cool thing but I was no more successful than anybody else that had come, come back. Um, but I had made an amazing amount of progress. And she said, she was telling somebody like, she said, I'm so happy I didn't give up on him because he's turned into the man that I'd always wished he would be. And it was a reminder for me as a father that I can never give up on my kids. And I can never, ever tell them that they can't achieve or do something. And so that was huge for me. And defining my role as a parent, never give up on them, ever. And never tell them they can't do or achieve something. And like, I live it every day. And I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of that every single day, no matter how hard it is with them, um, I will never give up on them. And that was very special for mom. She didn't give up on any of us, by the way, but I remember overhearing that.
0: Yeah, that, that's powerful. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to know when you have that unconditional love and support Uh, It certainly can make a a big difference. Uh, I'm a testament to that. Well, here's a question I like to ask all of my guests. You've been through grief and pain. You've had some moments and and probably will have some more down the road. But in losing mom and dad, I'm sure you can identify some, some things that you feel like really helped you to survive the grief and pain and not go to a dark and deep place and stay there. So if you were to he- help someone develop their own survival toolkit, what piece of advice or what information would you suggest they consider adding to their survival toolkit?
1: Yes, I um um I would say I would say three things. Number number 1 um, is to be uh, very prayerful. Um, and th- that that was great for me on so many so many levels. Um, but being prayerful number one, number two uh, is um, identifying one or two people that um, you can just talk to and recognize that and and let them know what you need and maybe it's like hey a year from now on the anniversary uh, i'm gonna need somebody to talk to on my mom or dad's birthday i'm gonna need somebody to talk to in five years on the anniversary i may need somebody to talk to um like just be intentional about what you need and most often it's 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 just checking in. It's it's listening, and you got to let people know that because they don't they don't know. Because in the absence of you telling them, they go back into their own world and do their thing. Okay. The third thing is is um is the um the journaling I talked about, and this doesn't have to be excessive. It doesn't have to be every day, um, but finding what matters to you and just maybe it's like hey, I want to write about a trip we took together and just kind of write, just start. Don't worry about the grammatical errors. Don't worry about the spelling, just write to what comes to mind. Um, And do that when you feel it's necessary. And I think gives you some release and also just gives you, helps you with reflection, reminds you of, Uh, the importance of life reminds you of the importance of doing things because most often people we lose have told us something that was very meaningful to us or something that was impactful to us and we don't want to ever lose that you don't lose that if you write that you don't lose that if you talk about that and so those are the three things that I would say
0: well I've I certainly have two of the three in my uh toolkit already but I can always add another one. Uh, those were uh, some good pieces of advice. So um, before we wrap up, um, if someone wanted to follow up with you or connect with you, um, where would you suggest they go to, to reach out to you?
1: Yes, you can find me um, online uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, just type in my name, Enrique uh, Washington and uh it will uh, enrique washington talent acquisition that's you know i'll definitely come up or on twitter uh my handler is at eg washington uh at eg washington on uh twitter that's how people can find me
0: awesome well enrique i greatly appreciate you making some time and space to have this difficult conversation And I always like to leave my listeners with this piece of advice. Um, Remember, in time and with perspective, your grief and pain will take its proper place in your life. So never judge a situation before it's time. Thank you, Enrique. It's been a pleasure and continue your journey. um,
1: And I love you. Thank you, sis. Love you, too.